0: Hello and welcome to episode 53 of Ardent Run Club. I'm Tommy. I'm your host and today I'm joined by a coach for Gateshead Harriers. He's from the northeast. was a good athlete when he was younger, but has really developed his love for athletics as a coach. So today we're going to be talking more about coaching. Ladies and gentlemen, please join me in welcoming Lee Morgan. Hey Lee, how, how you are doing? you? How you doing, mate? I'm very well. How's your good self? Yeah, I'm doing well, thank you. It's been a good day. Uh, weather hasn't been as nice as it has been but no, no that it feels it, it like went, winter now doesn't it yeah exactly it's pretty chilly pretty rainy but <laughs> to be fair i was thinking i haven't run in the rain for a while so i'm looking forward to actually running in the rain again
1: all oh, right right that's one thing i hated always hated running in the rain <laughs> absolutely hated some people love it but no obviously the
0: opposite. yeah i'm one of those guys that loves it it's just i don't know oh, yes. like you, you get out there and like it's it's <laughs> like oh I feel like I'm working harder than other people, like I'm not, but I just feel like I've got that mental advantage, not, not yeah. that I'm racing anybody, so.
1: Yeah, yeah, each to the own, I
0: guess. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. But yeah, Lee, lots to talk about today, especially when I hear a coach's perspective on things. Um, but before we get into that, I think it'd be worth hearing your journey as an athlete when you were younger, as a runner. Yeah, sure. Um, so I wonder what got you into running and how, how long had you been competing for competitively? Yeah. Um.
1: I'm not sure anything actually got me into running I, I just for as long as I can remember I ran I ran everywhere I ran I ran to school I ran around school I ran around the streets um I've always ran um I have a memory of, of um getting the Sunday papers from my dad every single week and he would time me I would run the shops and run back and I would see if I could beat the time I did from the previous week and uh yes I always loved running I think these days young athletes are encouraged to do different sports yeah and even within athletics it's all multi-sports before you specialize there was there was none of that in my day. i just wanted to run and yeah. uh i think i was just counting down the days really until yeah. my 10th birthday when i joined my local club yeah in walls and Harriers. Oh, um, and that was back in i was back in 1985 and um yeah when i joined there was just there was no looking back i absolutely loved it and um, the coach there at the time was a guy i think everyone will know called bill mcgurk oh legend <laughs> um, absolutely yeah so i mean i met i met bill kind of you know 30 odd years ago now and um he hasn't changed a bit <laughs> and, yeah it was just it was just a great place to be i made loads of um, loads of friends and i think the friendships that i had at was in Harriet were much stronger than anything i had at school it just it had that and it was the kind of club where you you had to keep your feet on the ground there was Nobody was allowed to be big headed because there were some, some big characters in more and, and in the mid 1980s, some um, big tough lads. And it was just that that led to a, an overall really great competitive but friendly environment. And um, and I never looked back. I started taking things a bit more seriously, I would say, around about 16 years old. Mm-hmm. And I moved coaches to um, someone who I, I think is another Northeast legend, and that was Stan Long. Oh, yeah. And. Um, and I, yeah, and I did okay, and then I got to about 20, 21, and I think just life got in the way. It was it was a case of I think when you're younger you've got that stability of of um, school, you've got the support from your parents, but when you get a bit older, you have to fend for yourself a bit. I just couldn't keep up the level, the workload that that I wanted to do, and yeah. I just drifted away. There was no conscious, kind of, you know like I'm I'm going to pack it in from now. I just drifted away, um, and it was. It was thirteen years. I was I was out of the sport, and oh. then I, I came I came back from me, around about my mid thirties. So yeah, m- my career was very much a, a one of a young athlete. I would say ninety mm. percent of it was was as a young athlete. Yeah. Um. And so yeah, then I re- I returned, and I was I was
0: almost a master. So it was I kind of missed out the of it in the middle. Yeah. But you so it was, you kind of make you kind of being humble with it because you got. You got to a decent level. Like, weren't you a 14-minute 5K runner or something like that? Um, Yeah, I think I was, I was good at, at local level. Back in those days, you still had what you do now with
1: all the Harrier Leagues, the championships, the English schools. But you also had a, a bucket load of road races as well. Yeah. Um, and you were racing almost every week. Oh, wow. And I was very good on the, on the local scene. Um, but, you know, I think I made the Intercounties Cross Country team every every season from the bottom year under thirteen all the way through to senior, which yeah. I was really proud of. But when I got to the unit counties I would never be near the front. <laughs> you know, it was one of those situations. Yeah. It's a bit like the English schools. I went to English schools every year. But I think my best position was as a junior boy, I was near the seventeenth or nineteenth. Wow. And um so I was there, you know, top twenty, okay, but I was never really good enough to to be kind of mixing it with the big lad so to speak. Yeah. Um so i think yeah it was okay but very very much on a local level and yeah. um, when i did start to take things a bit more seriously under the, the guidance of stan um i won the junior great north run in 92 yeah 92. wow and i got a bit of prestige from that because it was only one it was one mass race in those days it was five miles up and down the Fallon bypass mm. and um so it wasn't all the waves from the keystone that they have now so I, I got a bit of um kind of good press from that and i did um i won the northeast 5K and 10K road championships Jeez. as a bottom year senior um, when I was 20. But again, it was local stuff. I, w- yeah. I was never quite able to to do it on a national level. Yeah. And um, I think at the time, I thought I always thought I was good enough if I trained harder. But looking back, I just don't think it was quite quite there. I don't think I was quite good enough. No. Oh, um, so yeah, lo- local level was okay. Yeah. But, but do you not, have a Do
0: you have like a favorite? or most memorable race that you participated in? Um, um,
1: I, I think, I think looking back, um, there was probably when I mentioned the, the Northeast 5K and 10K championships. Yeah. Um, the, it was in consecutive weeks, and I was only 20. I wasn't used to only against seniors, yes, and the target was very much to win the, uh, the 10K, and the 5K I was just going to use as a warm-up. And mm. it was one of those races where your mindset can completely change when you get some good advice um, and that's what happened to me. I, I went into the 5k thinking, "Oh, you know, I'm just going to have a jog around, see where I'm at. And then about a week before, I was speaking to a good friend of mine who was a, a training partner uh, called Steve O'Gara. And he said, well, what do you want to do? And I says, I want to win the 10k. I want to, I want to run under 30 minutes and, and that's it. And he says, well, right. She says, you think you can do it? I says, yeah, I do. I genuinely think I can run under 30 minutes. And he says, well, what about the 5K? And uh, I says, oh, no, not a chance. Absolutely no way. I'm not a 5K runner. It's a stacked field, not a chance. And he said, look, and he says, if uh, 30 minutes for a 10K is obviously two 15-minute 5Ks on top of one another. So surely if you're going to run 30 minutes for 10K in a standalone 5K, you should run about 14 and if you do that, you should be near the front. And it just got me thinking. And so I went into this race originally thinking I was just gonna run for maybe a top ten place. And but when I when I got started, um, I was kind of within striking distance of the leaders with about half a mile to go. And I think if I hadn't been given that advice by Steve a couple of weeks previous, I wouldn't have went after the leaders. And and I ended up catching them and then I won in the sprint finish, which was great. And Jeez. I don't I think it was just possibly the whole kind of Thing about going into coaching was that you know if you do get good advice from from somebody outside or you do have positive people around you, you can maybe achieve things that you don't realise you can. And um I was always grateful for Steve for that. Um,
0: yeah.
1: I don't think i ever thanked him properly, so I think he is going to listen to this. So um, yeah, thanks, mate. <laughs> <All laughs> <you want. laughs>
0: That's it's amazing how um how just that change in mindset can really change your output oh, and your Absolutely, I genuinely think I would have come eighth
1: or ninth in that race Um but it, it was it was just that final half mile. I thought yeah I, I can do this wow. and uh, yeah I'll, ne- I'll never forget that race
0: that's amazing that really blows my mind that it's like just think about how many people are limiting themselves because of a lack of self-belief or a lack of encouragement oh, absolutely
1: of absolutely yeah
0: 100% wow that's so, that's so good to hear that's so good to hear <laughs> and you mentioned um like going into coaching um, just there briefly, what what would you say the biggest thing that you learned as an athlete is that you've taken into your coaching?
1: Um, I think um, to be honest, like I say, I I didn't really consider myself to be a, a good athlete. Mm. There there was a lot of people better than me, so I think the things that I've taken from being a runner are very much the the what not to do things <laughs> um, <laughs> rather than oh I've done this really well I must do that. <laughs> it was a case of I'd done that rubbish when I was an athlete. So I don't want my athletes to do the same, and I think probably the main things are, well, I just used to train and train and train until I was exhausted. Um, I would have a couple of weeks off and then start again. So I'm I'm very big with my group about incorporating rest periods, you know, right. a balanced a balanced plan and and peaking for the big events because that was something that I was I was terrible at, really bad. Um, you know, I I used to hit top form in, in like November when nobody was kind of watching. Um, so yeah, I think it's it's the things that I didn't do right that, that yeah. I've took into the coaching, as opposed to to the things I done really well, because I don't yeah. think there was that many, to be honest. Yeah,
0: that's really interesting because you would think, like being coached by a legend like Stan Long, wouldn't he have called you out on, on training so much, so much, so much, and then peaking too early?
1: Yeah, yeah, but I think just as a lot of teenagers, or oh, I, I tended not to listen. You know, you always think you know better. I mean, I, I yeah, wasn't too yeah. bad. And Stan was Stan was great. Yeah. But I think Stan had probably another thing. He had so many athletes who had such a big group uh, fair. that it was difficult to kind of get this this personal um, kind of attention, if you like. I, I know there was one point, it was going back to that 5K and 10K championships. It was about two months before, and I, I just said, look, Stan, I really want to do well. I really want to run under 30 minutes for 10K. Will you please just write us out a training plan? Because I, I don't think I know what I'm doing. And he says, Yep. Yeah. Why didn't you ask us this three years ago? Wow. And he did, and then and I mean I didn't run that 30 minutes. I ran 30 or four. But um, but yeah, it, I think I just wasn't prepared to kind of step forward and say help. You know, will you help me? Will you advise me? Mm. So a lot of the times I would go to stand sessions, speak to him, listen to him. He was he was a great guy, great guy. Yeah. Um. But when I was by myself, I, I would, oh, what should I do today? Well, I'll just go out and do a tempo run and end up tiring myself out. And I think sometimes you need to hold your hand up and say, I need to ask the coach for help. You know, yeah. I, I need advice here. I, you know, and uh, I don't think I did that enough.
0: No, fair enough. Well, I, I assume that's something that you would encourage your athletes to do these days. Yeah, that awesome. yeah,
1: that's, that's that's one of the things probably mentioned. I, I'm really big on good, just good communication and being open. I, I like to see yeah. myself as kind of a friend rather than a kind of stick coach who tells people off and things like Cause I think if you've got that, that friendship between your athletes, no matter what age they are, um, yeah. they're much more likely to open up to you and um, therefore, you know, you can help them improve and, and reach what they want to
0: reach. Yeah. That makes sense. That really makes sense. And so when did you kind of decide that you were going to stop running? Cause I know you went out of the sport and came back as a master. When did you decide you yeah. to stop and start coaching?
1: Um. Well so i came back i think I, w- I was early 30s i'm sure i was like 33 and um and I'd, I'd, I'd moved back to the area and um i was living back in walls end where i grew up and i thought oh i've got to i've got to rejoin more than harriers you know so i rejoined thinking oh a few training sessions few long runs i'll i'll be running 33 minutes for 10 years within, within a couple of months you know i ran 30 minutes when i was 20 no problem ian honestly how wrong could i be <laughs> Like. <laughs> somebody had given me a different body i just couldn't do anything <laughs> i was getting injured all the time i was I struggling do. with my weight ah. and i tried and tried i tried so many different things um and it just wasn't happening i was i was could i was struggling to run six minute miles and racing um which, which is fine Yeah, you know, i wouldn't knock anybody who runs six minute mile but when when you've done a if 10k and sub five minute miles, it's yeah, it's difficult to get your head around being able to run three six minute miles. Yeah, so eventually, um, I basically just drifted. I was starting to drift away. Um, and the situation it was in, Harriers at the time was that um, they had they had, the club chairman was this mountain, an absolute mountain of a man, very small in stature but a mountain of a man called Terry Ogara, and um. He was just one of the greatest guys you'll ever meet. He was he was hard working, he was honest, he was friendly, he was a motivator, he was a leader. And his son, Steve, who I mentioned before but yeah. the I came, he was the coaching coordinator and head coach at Wallsend. And um I was chatting to the two of them saying, Look, it's not working. I've had enough, I've, I've tried, but it's not happening. And I think the really good thing about about running is that there's always a place for you if you can't run whether that is um, going into coaching or becoming an official, you might become a committee member or a membership secretary, or you could stand in the field ringing a bell across country races. There's always something yeah. for you to do. And it was a place for me, finding my place. And, you know, after chatting to Terry and Steve, they just said, look, just don't give in. Just just come along to sessions, support and things like that. So um, yeah. I ended up... So Steve was taking the the top group at Wars End, and I just used to go along and watch. Really, I I used to stand in the background with a notepad, writing people's times down. And we used to used to take the Mickey, saying that I was assistant to the coach rather than assistant coach because (laughs) it was more of a secretarial one than anything else. I didn't really do much. And um, but I did think, oh, at least I'm doing something. Yeah. And then um, tragically, um, Terry Terry passed away. Um, and it was it was like a kind of thunderbolt to us and it really was because um, he was such a good guy and mm. you know he, he meant so much to so many people in that club and um, and Steve obviously had to deal with the death of his father and yeah. he um, he also had two young children who had to deal with the loss of their granddad wow. and then everybody at and had to deal with this loss of Terry O'Gara so yeah. Steve stepped up to be um club chairman and to be honest i don't think he got the support or respect this, that he deserved it was uh it was a tough time and yeah. i just felt it was my duty to step into steve's shoes and take the training sessions and i don't think um people realized how nervous i was at the time delivering these sessions from being the guy in the background with a notepad. yeah and um and then it came from there really i just started to enjoy it i started getting to know the athletes a bit more, started writing training plans, I started reading up on things, um, doing my coaching courses and then I was thinking, Yeah, this is this is that place that, that I wanted to be. This is that place where kind of Terry and Steve said that I should be. So I think looking back, as um as tragic as it was, I think, with with Terry passing away, I think something good came out of it, certainly for me. Yeah. Uh, and I'd love to think he's looking down and saying, yeah, you've done all right in the
0: end, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic, man. And you mentioned coaching courses there. So what sort of because obviously, like you you can watch Steve in, in your coaching and you can write down numbers on a clipboard, but you can't yeah. <laughs> obviously get everything from just doing that. So what sort of courses, what sort of things did you learn on your courses? Um, I think the coaching, I mean, I, I would have to say you learn
1: from watching coaches. I have learned an yeah. awful lot from Steve. And, and we're still friends now. Um, Good. And watching other watch um, coaches and how they deal with people.
0: Yeah.
1: I think the coaching courses themselves are a lot about delivery and getting the message across. I think the actual sessions and what to do and um, what to give an athlete, how many reps you should give them, what recovery they should have, all comes down to experience, really, and watching, watching how other people do it and speaking to athletes. I think yeah. I've learned so much from just... Knowing the kind of the scene and, and speaking to different people, than than you would on a coaching course. I know it's probably not the correct thing to say, <laughs> but I do I do think I do I do believe that.
0: Yeah, oh, fair enough. And so, how long have you been coaching for now then?
1: So it'll be I think this is my tenth year. Wow. Um, nice. Yeah, but I still consider myself to be quite um, an experienced. You know, when you when you see people like, you know, the the Mike Bateman. David Laws, John yeah. Stevenson, Brian yeah. McKay of this world, you know, when when they've been doing it for decades and decades you think, Yeah, I've got a long way to go, I'm nowhere near them. You know? Yeah. So um yeah, so even though it's not been on ten years, I still think I'm I'm a novice. If can do. Fair enough. So that's a, a good to attitude
0: to be fair. It does mean that you, you're able to grow and learn um a lot more than if you thought that you knew it all. So it oh, yeah, I would never think that's never. Yeah. And do do you um do you chat to these coaches like john Stevenson and others at like gateshead and um i think i did in the early days
1: yeah. um i like to to think that i've got enough knowledge now to to um to be able to do my own thing Um obviously i i, I know i know john through gateshead and i've spent a bit of time with mike bateman as well who's um, mike especially has been kind of massive and um and helping me um progress really just what I've learned from him just purely by watching him not necessarily speaking just watching how he does things yeah um but yeah I think there reaches a certain point where you want to do things the way you want to do them and you've got to learn you're probably going to make mistakes yeah um and you, you've you got to you've got to find your your way of doing things
0: no that makes sense so tell tell us about your coaching a little bit then so what what spurred the move from Wool's end to gateshead um well <laughs> well actually Gates is my fourth club which
1: it's, it's I feel a little bit embarrassing because I always just I used to kind of turn my nose up with people when they beginning be in more than one club <laughs> because my whole running career I was with a with a club and I started coaching with one club yeah um god yeah Gates is me um it's my fourth club but wow there, there are reasons I don't just jump from one club to one <laughs> <Okay, player>. club <cool. laughs> so it, it was and it was the case oh, without going into too much detail I think I'm like any other athlete I'm I'm ambitious, I'm determined, I'm competitive, and, mm-hmm. and just the setup that they had at Wall's End at the time didn't really fit in with what I wanted to achieve as an kind of up-and-coming coach. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, that's probably all I could say at the moment. So Fair so I'm, I moved to, um, I wanted to move to a club where I was surrounded by people that were really into the, the into running and into the performance. Um, and I went to Morpeth, and yeah. there's always going to be short-term thing so really? the same club i was in was morpeth and it was purely to learn so there was some great characters there. i know yeah. you've, i know you've had jimmy alder on here before and he's, yeah. um, you know watching jimmy in action is, is quite an experience yeah. a guy called chris wolf Um but i went along um basically just just to watch mike Bateman and his team and, and how they did things because i've known mike since i was about 11. and um yeah. I had one athlete at the time. Actually, I had two. There was, there was Danielle Hutchinson. She was in university. Oh, yeah. And there was a guy called Adam Gibbs. He was a great, great lad um, and a, a great athlete. He ended up coming forth from the English schools. Oh, senior boys, 50 nice. So I went to Morbeth with Adam, and um, he joined in, one well, Mike's group. And I just basically watched. I watched for two years, just um, learning, taking in, how, watching how Mike dealt with his athletes, how he how we dealt with some of the ego hosts, how we delivered his sessions. And he's was just he was amazing. He was just such an amazing guy. Um and yeah. I learned so much from just kind of rewound a bit when I was standing in the background with the notepad I felt a bit like that at Mop was just watching and watching. <laughs> so like I say, it was only ever supposed to be a short term thing and I was just waiting for an opportunity. And um a couple of years later I was chatting to some of the guys from notions as Polly at the Signals Relays and they said were, they were looking to kind of get some new coaches in um, and I just thought that it fit it fitted so mm. I went to North Shields Poly kind of, with all, everything that I'd learned and um, I was dealing with the the senior athletes at first but there were some incredible some phenomenal um junior athletes at North Hills Poly and I think I made the mistake of trying to stretch myself just i i was trying to help everybody and something kind of had to give and, and I yeah had, i ended up with the with the young athletes and um i just never looked back really we've, we've had some absolutely brilliant times at Shields. poly from you know national um rosary yeah. medalists so we've had an english schools champion we've had english schools finalists county champions That's brilliant you know inter-county representatives so we've had such a great time yeah and i've been able to put everything that i've learned. Um, and into that, and um the move to Gateshead is very much long term. I've moved house, I recently moved from End to Washington, mm. and um I just I wasn't. I mean, my dudes now, I call them dudes, my dudes now are, are kind of 16, 17, and they will be going to university soon. And it was a case of, well, I can't commit to No Shields poly because I live too far away. Yeah. So I was talking to um, the secretary of Gateshead, Are you on a swing? He was a good pal. And, and she mentioned coming along and starting my kind of new cohort, if you like, with Gateshead. So it, it's but Gateshead is very much a long-term thing. That's um, My commitment at the minute, one hundred percent, lies with the athletes that I've been with at North Shields Poly. Um, even though I'm a member of Gateshead, I think there will probably be a little bit of a crossover with my current group and a new group. But we'll yeah. see. We'll see how that pans out. But yeah, the group at the minute is very—it's it's about eighty percent North Shields Poly, and then there's there's
0: a couple of other from other clubs there yeah that's fantastic and so when you're looking at these athletes um that, that you are coaching that you're leading and helping become better athletes how do you work out what you're gonna give to them like how do you decide what sort of session you're going to give and how do you decide
1: um, how, how many i think <clears throat> i think it's evaluation I'm, I'm very big on just evaluating and analyzing numbers and facts and figures so Every session I do i 'll make a note of of what time they ran, what the recovery was, not just that um, how they, how they reacted during the recovery, how long did it take them to recovery to recover, oh, what wow. the weather was like, um, how did that compare against the last time they' done that session, what time of the year was it what what race were they building up to and they don 't know this I mean they 've got a good idea you know they clearly do the session, yeah. so i 'll just analyze and analyze and analyze and get to know them what makes them tick, what they respond to, what they don't respond to. And I think when you work with an athlete long enough, you you do know what they need if they're they're having a bit of a bad patch. I just think through experience, you think, yeah, I know what they need to be doing for the next couple of weeks. Um, But I think what happens with that is that if anybody joins my group, it might take a little while for me to get to know them. So, I mean, we do actually have an athlete in the group at the minute. He was was a brilliant young athlete. but I'm still getting to know her so it might be a kind of a case of a step back before you take your ten steps forward yeah um so yeah i'm I'm very big on just analyzing everything and and learning from that experience of you know yeah. you, you know you know what they're like, you know what you like, you know how they're gonna do and i'm
0: I'm constantly watching <laughs> okay. watching every move, yeah, fair enough and um is there are there any sessions that everybody in the group does together?
1: yes we'll always do every every session together yeah. um yeah um i think i think if you if you stagger if you stagger reps you know certainly in, in the summer in fact, summer and winter you know i, I think sometimes it, it doesn't suit everyone don't don't get us wrong but um i do think if you you can have a say a 13 year old girl in the same session as a 17 year old if you stagger if you stagger the sessions and if you. Yeah. If someone is chasing down another person um so yeah we, we do do group sessions um, okay. yeah, and yeah and i do think that can work no matter what
0: yeah is there anything in particular that you encourage your athletes to do um when you don't have a session during the week
1: yeah well i'll i'll um i'll send plans out i'm quite kind of um hands-on in, in the sense yeah. it's not just the club session or a group session it's um for for some of the athletes i'll send them an email so you know monday do this tuesday do this wednesday do that yeah so i'm able to some people might find that a bit kind of intense but it just allows me to know what they do and how much mileage to do and you know so i know that if they are tired i'll, I'll know why and, and and just things like that so it, it just allows me to do that so as much as i do see the athletes two or three times a week i do know what what they're all doing <laughs> so, yeah you know, a pair of eyes watching over them they don't realize. eyes
0: yeah no that makes sense that doesn't actually make a lot of sense i wonder though what is your favorite session to give your athletes
1: favorite session i am um, i'm a big fan of what i call um, bookend sessions so so you'll you'll start with a longer rep and you'll finish with that that rep as well so for example in a young athlete session you might do a a 600 at the start, and then some 200s in the middle, and then the 600 at the end. Hmm. And the 600, the the target might be, for example, in the 1500 meter target pace. And at the start of the session, it's obviously easy, and loads of energy, all the rest of it. And then after they've done that and some 200s, they've then got to do the 600 again at the same pace. Uh. And it's just getting them to know how it feels, how to feel, how it feels when you run on your 1500 pace, when you're fresh. And then when you're tired, you know, because at the start of the session it just feels like the are cruising around. Yeah. At the end of the session, even though they're running the same pace, it feels like the sprinting. And it's good because it educates them, you know, to to realize that, you know, it's it's about it's not just what pace to run. Then it's sorry, it's not about. I run this pace and it feels easy. It's good to know how it feels when you're fresh and how it feels when you when you're tired as well. So I do like the bookend sessions.
0: Oh, that's that's actually really really smart, you know, because it kind of like it can kind of mimic that that race situation, at like the start of the race versus the last lap of the race. Absolutely,
1: hundred hundred percent. That's that's exactly what it, it's aimed at. That's it's just a kind of thinking as well, you know.
0: Nice. Nice, nice. So, what what distance do you athletes generally do? Actually, I forgot to ask that.
1: Um, well, well, they're all teenagers, so it's in the summer it'll be kind of eight hundred to to three thousand, and then in the in the winter it'll be the usual kind of harrier leagues and championships and English schools cross country. Yeah. Which is kind of anything from from three k to six k these days. Okay. Um, so it's we we don't do. I'm not, I'm not a big fan of, of um, of big mileage. I think I'm. No. I'm much more about pace sessions. and um, I'm I'm a huge believer in doing things at your ace pace. So um, I don't know, say well a four minutes fifteen hundred, for mm. example, is sixty-four seconds per lap. And so if if you do a session, say a session of eight, four hundreds so with a minute recovery, but you do and it's sixty six or sixty seven, then I would just keep a million miles away from a session like that. Yeah. Because it's slower than your race space. What I would do is maybe break it down into three sets of three, four hundreds, but all other recoveries, so they're all able to do them in, in the race pace, which is sixty-three, sixty-four. So they just get used oh. to running the race pace. Yeah. So if someone's trying to run it two minute eight hundred, you know, it's two hundreds at thirty seconds, it's three hundreds and forty-five. Um and I, yeah. I just think you're wasting a session if you we, if are doing something a bit slower. And I know not everybody would agree with that because they might say oh, well, what if you do a race and you start it slow and then you speed up? Which which is, yeah, it's right. But it's just not for me. My my principles are very much based around doing things at race pace and, and getting to know, having that muscle memory of knowing yeah. how fast you're running, especially when you're young. I think if you can nail pace, you can nail your pace judgment when you're young. Oh, you know, yeah, It's course. not necessarily the, the better runner that wins. It's, it's the one that knows how to, to pace, how to judge the
0: pace. Yeah, tactics and everything. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. And earlier you, you did mention that you you do all, all your sessions together as a group. So I wonder yes. how do you kind of maintain a good environment and a good camaraderie within your group? Because um, yeah, well, it's all different ages and stuff.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think I think it's it's about respect, and I think it's about respect no matter if you if you're 13 or you're 17. And I like to I like to get that into the athletes. So at the end of every session we're you know it mightn't seem much but we always shake hands with everybody no matter who you are no matter what level you're at we shake hands with with some everybody in the group because i want them to appreciate and the day to be fair i mean i don't even have to tell them um yeah you need to respect the people that are around because even though you might be faster than someone else they've tried just as hard and i think if you can drill that respect into people it just goes a long way and um and i like just to have a nice positive environment around i don't think training should ever be a chore if it is a chore then i'm not doing i'm doing something wrong Um so i just like to kind of keep it positive if someone's run badly i would never say don't be disappointed it would be a case of yeah be disappointed be fed up, be annoyed but learn from it and then come back you know rather than saying god you want rubbish today weren't you? you know, that'll, that'll never happen i'm not that kind of guy um so yeah, just kind of keeping respect and positivity around. Yeah. It, I think constantly, no matter what.
0: Yeah, I think that's really important, and it shows in in the sport of athletics as well. Because I think that is like, and we we talk about the the northeastern community, but generally the running community. Like when you watch athletics races, when you watch the Olympics, when you watch the road races afterwards, everybody's shaking hands and celebrating together. Yeah. But when you look I, at, I, I love that. Yeah, but when you look at like. I'm a huge basketball fan. There's so much trash talk in basketball and there's so <laughs> much uh, rivalry in football and everything like that. And they don't really shake hands. They just stare at each other and it's yeah. like mortal enemy sort of vibe. But that's something we don't have in athletics, which... Yeah, I, I, think, I think that's it, one yeah. of the
1: things why it is so addictive, no matter who you are. Um, I think, you know, I remember seeing an athlete, a very good athlete, Sam Charlton from all then. You'd, you'd won this cross country. Um, by, by a mile and he stopped at the end to shoot every single person's hand across wow. the line it was just so heartwarming to see, and you know, i think he was only about 15 16 at the time wow and he said yeah this is a good sport we're in you know this is that it has got nice people in and yeah. um you know and it, it does just teach you those teach you those things
0: yeah and i think as well like although like a, a young athlete getting into the sport may be nervous because they haven't because it's like meeting up with a group of people they never met and they're going into an environment they haven't been before but it must be more comfortable than a young athlete going into the team sport where fair enough they've got a team but it's like how are people going to treat me we don't know but from the outside yeah. in, you can look at the running community and be like yeah this is a good community i know these are nice yeah people absolutely
1: here. i mean um i was just i was at the harry League at at the weekend yeah and um and went along with with my girlfriend she's just fancy she if just my <laughs> fancy and um and she's she's not from a running background she's been to a couple of races um but she'd never been to harrier league before yeah and we stood near the top of the hill and, and she was blown away by just the atmosphere the the cheering from the sides we're, were at the finish everybody kind of shaking their hands um you know and you can see kind of friendships being built sometimes even within the race when people get chatting in a race yeah and she was absolutely blown away so that was nice to see from an outsider because i've always kind of known it and probably just taken it for granted but she was very much like wow you know this is amazing i can see why you're so hooked on this <laughs>
0: you know? yeah yes yeah.
1: it's, it's a it's a great thing to be involved in and yeah it was nice to see, her see that
0: absolutely yeah that's really encouraging to hear it's very encouraging um, but back to your coaching, I wonder, what do you think the most fulfilling thing about coaching is from your perspective?
1: Oh um I think certainly the the time that i've spent with with the young athletes it's um it's not necessarily it's not necessarily the um the running well, the you know running PBs and things like that. I think it's it's watching these young athletes develop into amazing young people. Wow. And you know if you can look and see that sport has done that. I mean, there's, there's two young athletes to my group, the two kind of the mainstays that have been there from the start, and two great girls called Holly Woff and Katie Jocelyn, mm-hmm. and I've known them since they were 11 and 12, but now 15 and 17, and and just watching them from these kind of really naive children, effectively, and turning into these amazing young adults, um, you know, confident, happy friendly sociable and, and you just think you know if running which i know it has running has played a part in that and i think it's it's yeah. seen that development of of watching these people turn into amazing adults and knowing that they're going to do well in their life and knowing that running and the things that we've learned through running and sport has helped towards that and i think that that's the most fulfilling thing for me i mentioned a guy before who was um both the English schools called Adam Gibbs. Another yeah. one, he was kind of daft, daft kid with big scrappy hair when I first met him. And now he's he's a successful, very, very likable, really nice young man. And it's it's watching them on that journey and and watching them become who they are. And um, that I think is certainly the most fulfilling thing. It's not necessarily about PBs and winning stuff for me.
0: Yeah. So how do you? Because it's it's kind of interesting, like i wonder how do you kind of like deal with the athletes that when they come they i don't know they might be a bit more arrogant or they might feel like they know it all or they might not get along with some of the group sort of thing how do you kind of as a coach uh mold them into um, the group and make well bigger? that's
1: probably one thing that um even though i've been coaching for nearly 10 years that's probably one of the things that i'm still learning yeah i can um i think that's probably the area that that i'm i'm possibly made mistakes in the past um but but i think um i think i take the view of i feel like i know what i'm doing so this is what i'm going to suggest to you that is going to make you a better runner if you're not going to do it then don't you know you know go go somewhere else yeah you know because yeah yeah and it's so you know leave it in their hands you know if if they want to come along and and mess around or, or you know try to be disruptive then then our group's probably not the place for them and they won't get as much attention from me as a coach
0: yeah
1: and if, if they act like that you know whereas if someone's really enthusiastic and and wants to run well and wants to listen then i'll give them all the time in the world and i yeah. think sometimes when you can do that let's say i probably have made a, a couple of mistakes over the last few years but um yeah i think if, if people can look and see yeah why don't i just knuckle down that's the plan that's that's the hope that you think that that then that they're gonna go down and it's just say, yeah, maybe I should not go down. Yeah,
0: but uh, it's it is a difficult one. That one. <laughs> does making a mistake as a coach really hurt? Um, I think it
1: depends who 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 the affects. I I don't like to think I'm I've made mistakes. Um, kind of big mistakes. I think the toughest thing for me, to be honest, is is sometimes you've got to make big decisions not all the time but sometimes you have got to make yeah. big decisions and when you've got more than one person in a group then you're guaranteed that the, that the decisions that you make aren't going to please everyone and um and and that has been the situation I'm, I'm not scared to, to admit that no. and um, it's a case of well you know what I always do whatever I do it's with the interest of the athlete it's all, not not me no, yeah, you know, I'm not important. It's it's the it's the athletes, and I think if you can look at these decisions that you make, and say, just you know, hand on heart, I've done this with the interests of the athletes, then then you can then you can walk around with your head held high, because um, it can be quite tough. I've certainly found that in the in the first decade. Yeah. Um, but, but what I would say, you know, if anybody does, I mean, everyone's entitled to be upset or or angry at, at a decision that you might make. But i would just say that people appreciate that we are volunteers at the end of the day um Mm. and you know appreciate that it can be quite tough and if you don't realize then have a go yourself (laughs)
0: that's very that's fair enough yeah (laughs) i guess yeah as a young athlete you don't have that perspective of no like it's all about me, isn't it? It's all about why yeah. it it is.
1: It yeah. is. I mean to be to be honest, it's not um I think that the I wouldn't want to go into too much detail, but I yeah. think the athletes are great. Sometimes it's it's the parents that, that can be that can be tough. I think at the minute, yeah. The the parents of the athlete have got are absolutely what a lovely set of, of people. Really that hasn't always been the case. Because yeah. I think but that just comes from the fact that you want the best for your for your kids, no matter what. Yeah. Um and sometimes a coach has to kind of deal with that, and if they're dealing with it from five different directions, it can be it can be quite challenging.
0: Yeah, that's it's it's that's a lot more complicated than like just oh, in this conversation. Oh, really realize? Yeah, because I've literally I came into this thinking, okay, he's going to tell me about all his coaching techniques <laughs> and the times the trials and all that sort of stuff and what he decides. <laughs> but now, like, there's layers to this, and that's that's something I guess we just miss when. Like I bet you missed that when you were training under Stan Long as well. Um, oh so, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I, I mean, um, I mean, Stan was, Stan was great, but I'm sure he went through the same through the same challenges. Yeah. Um, but but you know you, you've you've got to deal with it, and you, you're always learning. And I'm sure yeah. the situations that I would deal with now that I might be deal in the same way in in two or three years time. Yeah, well, and I, I
0: bet it's really encouraging to you as well to think, like Stan. And uh, David Lowe's and Jimmy Arda and all these people, all these great coaches, have been in the position that you're in right now, but they've persevered yeah. and grown, and now look yeah, at what.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and they are, they are people that are, I think I respect them more the longer I coach. When when you look at the guys that have been around for a while, I think. Yeah. Wow, you you guys are amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you really are.
0: Yeah, that's fantastic, man. What would you say the most important thing about coaching is then, overall?
1: Um. I think it's, I think it's really just, I mean, I touched on it before about seeing people, seeing athletes turn into good, uh, lovely adults. But I think it's just helping them understand that what they learn through running, they can take into life. You know, so they learn discipline, they learn about respect, they learn that hard work produces good results, and it's. I think it's important to instill that. It's not just about run fast and win a race. It's about put the put the work in and you can achieve things. So it's not necessarily just about the running. Um, and, and I think it's important for them to get that across and take the lessons that they learn from the running and, and take them into everyday life. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I guess what what have you kind of learned about yourself through this whole process, um, like going from running into coaching?
1: Um, I think... I mean, all honesty, it, it is quite a kind of selfless thing because you are effectively helping other people. Yeah. And, um, and, I, and I've never been in a situation in life where I've been able to do that. So I think it's brought out things in me that I didn't, like good things in me that I didn't realise were there because I'm genuinely not, I'm not the most confident of people outside of running. And I think helping people and um, and helping people develop as, as athletes as well as, as young adults, it just brings out the side to you and say, Yeah, you know what, I'm I'm all right. And so it's good for me to be able to express myself and be able to do these good things. Um certainly kinda yeah, it 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 brings out the nice things in, in people I think when you're when you're helping others. Yeah. That if I didn't have running, I wouldn't be in a position to to help others. And um, so I was just kind of plodding along in life, but here it kind of gives you a purpose and it makes you feel good about yourself.
0: Yes, that sense of purpose, isn't it? Yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Brilliant. And I guess I ask this question pretty much every week, but I, I, I'd i love to hear it from your perspective because a lot of the answers are obviously coming from runners and how runners have got through the year. But as a coach, uh, everybody's had challenges in 2020. Everyone's had challenges in 2021. How yeah. have you kind of overcome yours and what sort of encouragement would you give to the athletes listening to try and help them just push through to the end of this year?
1: Um I th- well I think obviously twenty twenty was it was awful. Um yeah. I think the one the one thing I learned was that was a bit cheesy, you know, but I how I just learned how amazing my group <laughs> was because I was panicking a bit obviously I was just sending out emails and texts and WhatsApp and things giving them giving them set sessions, little targets. Yeah. And I was thinking it's such a tough time for everyone that they, they could easily just fall away from the sport um, yeah and i think the fact it, it just made us see how durable these, these kids are and how amazingly well that the coach you know not just my guys you know when i went to red for the relays last week and i went to redkinson last week and a lot of people are still there you know 2020 didn't put them off and i think it, it made us realize that whether it is through the hard work and discipline or whether it is through the fact that we've got such a great scene in the North East. But there didn't seem to be many youngsters that have fell away during 2020. And I was absolutely yeah. over the moon with that. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, once we got into 2021, we we're able to meet up more and do the races. And, you know, all the am we've had a great summer and we haven't started the winter too badly either. So it, it was just really, I think, it showed me that, that young people are, really really strong Um, and and they were able to cope with this really well and i think even though you do have setbacks there's always light at the end of the tunnel and uh, we're still not quite there but but yeah i was kind of expecting the worst that at some points during 2020 thinking gosh am I going to actually have a group next year you know there was times and i should never thought that because there was there was no doubt about it really and uh, yeah like i said to to go to these races and all the spaces that we did two years ago is, is amazing, it really is. I That's think everybody's so well because the running scene in the north is so good. Yeah.
0: That's, in a different way, I can relate to that so much, that whole sense of, like, um, feeling that and not knowing what, what the future holds, but then getting to get into the future and being like, look, everything is still all right. Things are still yeah. moving forwards. The world is still yeah, going and there's still a of joy in the world.
1: I I was looking at it thinking, um, you know, for, I've probably done okay. To, it'll it'll make, you know I wonder how I wonder how the dudes are doing and, and it was probably me that suffered more than them. I think they probably handled it more than better than me. And you know? I'm twenty years older than thirty years older than them. Uh, so yeah, um, young people can be quite amazing.
0: Yeah, oh, I agree. I agree. Fantastic man. But look, we're coming towards the end of this, but before we end, I always love doing the Find Your Fire round, so I've just got a few quick questions just to ask you to find out more about you as a runner, as a coach, and just as a person, if you're ready to give it a go? Yeah, let's go. Fantastic. So the first question, I think we already know the answer, but if you had to choose one, coaching or running?
1: Coaching, 100%. Yeah. So so much more fulfilling, and um, yeah, absolutely, 100% coaching.
0: It's interesting, and I know I said this to you a few days ago and we chatted, but usually um, when I talk to the coaches, they're like, oh yeah, I loved, like it's hard to choose, but running <laughs> is um, yeah. when they felt more free and it's when they could just Yeah, I,
1: I get that, and I do miss running myself, you know, the actual physical act yeah. of running. I, I do miss it, I can't run anymore now, I'm piled the weird on and I've got creaky knees, and I do miss that, but yeah, I think everything that you get from, from coaching more than makes up for it.
0: Yeah. Fair enough. That's a good perspective. And it's one, I guess, that every athlete should be happy that their coach has. Um, so, okay, next question. What is your proudest moment as a coach?
1: Oh, um,
0: well, actually, I mean, a couple of years ago, a, a lot of people
1: were asking me, so I coached Josh Blevins when he was when he in the schools, and yeah. um, a lot of people were like, oh, God, you know, that, what did this feel like, and everything like that. And, i think if, if somebody had told me that i would coach someone at winning the schools when i first started 10 years ago i would have been like wow that's amazing and don't get it wrong it was it was a, it was an incredible day yeah. brilliant run by josh but um i think for me it's more about the the group um because you know when everybody runs well so you know josh was amazing that day it was one of the, the best days i've had but yeah. what people don't realize was that a few hours after josh won the Junior Boys fifteen hundred, we had a guy you know, in a group called Zach Old, who was only trained two or three times a week and he was playing rugby and done and, um, cricket at quite a high level. Wow. And he came he came fifth in the Junior Boys eight hundred. And yeah. you know, just he ran just outside two minutes at fourteen years old.
0: Wow.
1: So it was it was when the group done it. So yes, you know, Josh's performance is great. I was thrilled. And then it was kind of backed up by Zach, you know, so so that was great. And so with that in mind, um it, it doesn't sound like the biggest thing in the world, but there, there was a BMC we went to a couple of years ago. And, you know, with these BMCs, all the races are seeded. Mm. And just, I think we took about well, five or six, I think six athletes down there, just to the test the street. And one by one, everybody got a massive PB. Um, and, you know... The, the kind of pressure built up the longer the night went on, but yeah, wow. every single athlete just PB, bang. Next one, PB, bang. Nice. And it was when everybody did it because everybody had that kind of, you know, there wasn't one person that was standing there disappointed. Disappointed. It was it was when you walked away and were in the car park and you know over the moon with all these PBs and yeah. English most qualifying things. So for me, it's more about when everybody runs well because it's quite hard to to deal with when you've got one person runs well in an event and somebody doesn't yeah so yeah certainly this began i can't remember exactly when it was I'm pretty sure it was 2019 um that's amazing that that, yeah that that every single person does that i remember that night
0: that's so cool it's like athletics is an individual sport but it's about more than just the individual it is certainly from
1: coach as well. You know, what do you do if if one person has a blind eye and then two people have stint you know, and it's, <laughs> it's hard to be overjoyed. I mean, as much as you are. So yeah, when everybody does it in, in a group, then yeah, there's nothing better. Absolutely yeah. nothing better. Fantastic.
0: Well, I guess my next question is kind of similar, but what makes a coach happy?
1: Um, I think, I think it's just on just the specific running i think when an athlete comes off a track or comes away from a cross country race, and they've got this huge smile on their face and they walk to the to the mama dad and give them a hug i think it, it's that yeah you know for me just kind of taking a step back and and, and watching them how thrilled you are and, and you think god I, I play a little part in that i think that's yeah incredibly incredibly rewarding and, and if they have a bad run it's a case of chatting to them finding out what went wrong you know, and and then they come back stronger, and you know it's it's when people have done that as well. It's so yeah, but there is something nice about that feeling of, of just seeing them straight after a race when they're like, wow, I, I just ran really well, and you think, get in there, that's, that's a nice feeling.
0: Yeah, that's brilliant. Uh, okay, and last one about coaching. Um, what do you what would you say your best coaching story is? cool um...
1: It's a tough one. I think that's much a coaching story. Um, one of the the national cross country is at Mansfield a few years ago. I hadn't long been with the the, the group that I had, and um, I seen someone who I mentioned a couple of times Jimmy Alder, Yeah. And um, we're walking the course. And it was really busy, and I chatted with Jimmy, and then then off we went. And someone said, "Who was that?" And I said, "That's oh, Jimmy Alder. And then I heard a voice pop up from the back saying, um. Who? What? What? You're joking, aren't you? What? And I said, what's the matter? Are you having a laugh? Really? Was that that it? I can't believe he's here. Do you know him? I said, God, he hasn't known me since I was little. I said, why? Oh, can I meet him? Can I meet him? Can I get a selfie with him? I said, right. Can't wait him. We'll go and find him. He said, oh, God. Getting that phone out all excited. So I went kind of chasing Jimmy down through the course, pushing past people. And I said, all right. there he is. you know, do you want to get your phone? Get the selfie ready. All right. And then she looked at us. She said, where is it? I said, well, there he is there, standing there. She went, who's that? I said, Jimmy. Jimmy Oliver." She says, oh, I thought you said Jamie Oliver. Oh, my
0: goodness gracious me. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: It's written of Jamie Oliver being at the National championships at (laughs) one I do do like that
0: story, yeah. Oh, my goodness. I was not expecting that. What the heck? (laughs) Oh, man, people hear what they want to hear exactly exactly in, Oliver, in mansfield in the middle of the field <laughs> yeah of course <laughs> awesome okay so now more as a fan of athletics what is your favorite race that you've ever seen
1: oh um it's it's a tough one and i know people would say oh you know more far away in the olympics something like that but i remember I think you've got I can't remember the year, it might have been two thousand and one. But there was this um seventeen year old girl running in the Commonwealth Games, um, against all these seniors. Um and she's very much the underdog. She was a, a girl called Charlotte Moore and um and she made it through into the final, was was written off, but then she made the final, it was fantastic. Lasted the bell by about ten metres and then came through to actually finish sixth. And as a seventeen year old she ran one fifty nine. She went on to um yeah, it was a British record that was only beaten this year by Keene Hodgkinson and um she ran the World Championships of Paris and I just thought, Wow, you're you're amazing. Yeah. And um and then a few years later I was at North Shields Polly and I'd heard that um that somebody called Charlotte Penfold had joined and apparently they used to be a good runner and it actually turned out to be Charlotte Moore. She she got married. Oh. And um we've since become really good friends and she does the strength and conditioning with with my group on a monday night and it's just it was amazing to see her on the telly and be a bit of a fan and have her as a friend and she's just starting a coaching journey but she's an absolutely brilliant coach with regards to strength and conditioning technique drills and my group has come on so much because of charlotte and it's quite weird to kind of to you know, just be standing watching or dealing with these athletes. Yeah. And then you know to think, gosh, 20 years ago I was I was watching you on telly, thinking, it was amazing. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, I, I would have to say Charlotte running a 159 at 17 years old, but That's it could right. be because we're friends now. But but even at the time <sighs> I remember thinking that that is amazing. That yeah, is absolutely amazing. crazy Is she yeah, is she from she up here? here? So she's from Bournemouth, and then she kind she of, she packed it in. As you do when you're yeah. 20s for one reason or another. And, um, yeah, she's got two lovely kids now, and she joined Notionals Polly. They're oh. actually uh, going to run on I've just kind of encouraged her. I just give her a little push in the right direction yeah. and got her more involved. And like I say, she's, she, she helps me out with, in an area I, I would happily hold my hand up and say I'm not familiar with, with strength and conditioning. Yeah. Um, and I would much rather have help from someone that knows rather than me trying to kind of plod along. Yeah, um, Charlotte's got a fountain of knowledge and she's uh, she's amazing. So we've got her involved and in the in the the young athletes haven't looked back really. That's um, awesome. You know the the fact that we haven't had a major injury touch wood. Um, That's good. I think is it's probably down to the the work that that they the all do with Charlotte. Yeah. And, uh To you know because she has she been there and done it. And um, but but see them yeah I was I was a fan when she was young. I'm not I've told her that a million times. <laughs>
0: Oh snap! That's so cool. Who's your favorite athlete? Is it Charlotte? Oh no, God, no! I wouldn't that. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> I mean, you know, I'll, I'll dig her up. You know, I'm just doing I thought i want to get too bigheaded, you know. But um, I think, you know, an northern guy growing up in the like the seventies and eighties would have to be Steve Cram. I think that. Yeah. It's it, a bit like the kind of the Charlotte thing, really. When you watch someone on telly, you know, he, he was he was doing so well, Commonwealth champion, European champion, world record holder, world champion, Olympic silver medalist. And then you can go on to a to a race and see him there, you know, doing a doing a cross country, doing a northeast cross yeah. country, doing the hitting ten K. I I just think that's a really good thing. He's never forgotten his roots. And, yeah. Um for me watching him it was it was amazing to, to compete and then and then to watch him, I think it was uh, it's great that he's still involved in the Northern scene, and uh, and he, he was a, it, it was great because you can see your heroes, for example, on the telly if you're watching football, but to actually go to a race and stand almost shoulder to shoulder with them is is quite rare. Yeah. I think you don't really get them in, in certain sports. and Yeah, uh, yeah, it
0: would have to be Steve Crabb, I think. Yeah, he just really? seems like he's great at everything he does.
1: Yeah, it's a bit annoying, so, but he is a Mackham, that's the, you know, that's his downfall. Um, but but other than that, yeah. I'm he, impartial. He knock <laughs> no, You can't knock him for what he's done, not in, just in his career, but what he's put back in the North East Athletics.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. Okay, uh, what's your favourite book? Favourite book? Um, I'm a bit of a Geoffrey Archer fan. Um,
1: hmm. I like Cain uh, and Abel, it's probably the best one I've ever read. Um but yeah, I'm I'm not a big fan of him as a person, but as a storyteller I think he's he's incredible. He read some in, in epic novels, he really does. Um that would probably be the, the fiction. Um the non fiction. There's a there's a book called Healthy Intelligent Training that I, I often refer back to. It I think it's by somebody Livingston. Um but it's it's very much about Arthur Lidyev's training. Um, I don't think you should just take training from one coach to another, but it's it's, it's more like a textbook. Mm. And it's full of really interesting interesting information. I would definitely recommend that. Okay. It's mainly as it's a kind of something to refer to as as a coach or an athlete. Okay. Uh, and I'm I'm currently reading something called um The Champion's Mind. and um, Jim Aframo, I think he's called. Um yeah. I could be wrong on that, but it's just the kind of the basic sports psychology and I've used a lot of the youth athletes and kind of gets in the head and finds out what keeps them motivated Right. So, yeah but yeah I, I, you, those are the two main things, but yeah Jeffrey Archer
0: can't do them okay, that's cool, that's cool um what's your favorite movie favorite movie i do I do like a crazy underdog movie,
1: um very much roughly two, three and four. Yeah, I used to listen to rock music all the time when I was running. Yeah, um, even Karate Kid. Even if the show the repeats on the on um, on the telly, I'll I'll still watch it. Um, yeah, I do like an underdog. There's a film um, I only watched a couple of weeks ago actually called McFarland, USA. It's with Kevin Costner, um, and he's a running coach in a in a high school, and that's very much an underdog story as well. Yeah, I, I like the whole underdog kind of yeah. does well type movie rather than you're talking. Um you know, hmm. that's awesome somebody
0: so. else that I interviewed a couple of weeks ago said that as well but they certainly did and that's yeah.
1: what got me watching it <laughs> was it Josh? <laughs> it, was, it was Josh yeah
0: that's it was so mad, that connection
1: <laughs> yeah no well dad kept saying oh you need to watch this film and I never did and then when I heard Josh say it I said you know what? I'm going to watch it Yeah. and I did um, and yeah it's, it's really good it's, it's really Kevin Costner is amazing in it oh, um, yeah, yeah I nice. definitely recommend that McFarland USA
0: Okay, fair enough. Yeah, because I did, I did say I watch it, but I haven't. So far, I actually watched. Oh yeah, no, no,
1: yeah, you should sure
0: do that. <laughs> cool, McFarland, USA. There we go. Um, do you have anything on your bucket list? Oh, I think probably going back to the whole
1: Rocky thing. I would love to run up those steps in Philadelphia where they yes. <laughs> Rocky. I know thousands of people apparently do it every day really oh I yeah of need. course yeah I, th- I thought maybe like 10 or 20 might do it I would apparently thousands of people do it every day and i would love to do that we have actually talked about going to america at some point um but i think it would probably have to be in the next five years because my knees are gone. so i think i'll be kind of hobbling off and i just rather run yeah. up rather than hobbling up but yeah, yeah i would i would i would love to do that just yeah because I, I think i've seen those those three films right two three and four i, w- I would happily see that soon and yeah yeah, 90 times into world. um so yeah that's definitely run up those steps
0: yeah awesome um and do you have any hidden talents i do actually i do mm. um i do
1: card magic oh work. <laughs> um a, a number of years ago at work on a on a christmas night out well we're christmas christmas parties and um, they, they've got these um is to come to your table and do magic and i just thought that's amazing i want to learn how to do that yeah so i bought a couple of books watched a load of um youtube clips got myself a few packs of cards and and i practice and practice and i think i'm all right yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know yeah. i know all the moves but but you know you've got to practice hours and hours a day but but i can't, I can't do it um i think I'm very good when I'm by myself and I can feel that <laughs> after a couple of drinks, I have to perform in front of everybody, hands and, So if I've got a new trick and I practice it with somebody at work, they'll, they'll probably say, Yeah, he's rubbish. And uh, so yeah. I, I think I am pretty good. Yeah. Well yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I, I do, I do know, a of hand.
0: Yeah. I mean if you're not performing for anybody then it all that matters is that you are, that you think you're good
1: absolutely that's, that's the main thing I mean I'm actually sitting here I'm actually sitting here and I've got a pack of cards next to me because I do I kind thing, of, you know people might bite the nails and things like that I normally just have a pack of cards next to me that I constantly shuffle
0: yeah so, oh that's yeah, so cool
1: I'm never fucking a pack of cards that's, I'll that's my hidden talent
0: that's so cool I love that amazing and finally uh is there any one athlete or coach that you want to hear on this podcast soon
1: oh that's a good um I'd probably say three. Um, one more, one more with Harriers actually. I'd certainly say Mike Bateman. I know I've sung Mike's praises a lot uh, tonight. Mm-hmm. He's a, he's a great guy. He's been well, he was a runner himself in the, I, I wouldn't like to say what decade. I'm, <laughs> but uh, he was he was a runner many many years ago, and yeah. he's, he's been coaching at Morpeth for so long now, and I think he would just have so many stories and have so many insights. And mm. um, certainly Mike, I would say the other one, Ian Huddspeth. I think Ian's probably the, I would say the most talented, one of the most talented runners the north ever had. And really? He, yeah, he was performing at a top level even while in his forties. Like, the guy's amazing, you know, and he's such a nice lad as well. I think, I think he would be good. And I think the other one, um, you'd probably bite your hand off actually, is uh is Guy Bracken, um, who was an incredible <laughs> masters runner. Yeah. Um, and who can talk for England as well as well as run for England. I think he, too. <laughs> I mean, you might need your bleep machine when it comes <laughs> on, but uh, he's, he's got some great stories. He's a really funny guy. So, uh, yeah, Mike Damony Ian Hudspeth or Guy Bracken would be my
0: recommendations. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. I see Brack. I see, yeah, um, I was going to call him Bracken. That's weird. I yeah. see Guy, like, at least twice or three times a week. So, I don't know. I haven't spoken oh, to right. him. Oh, right. But, yeah. Oh,
1: I, th- I think he would. I've seen him doing a, a before the notion's probably presentation night. He once got up on the microphone and just talked about himself for about forty
0: minutes. That's so was what this podcast is problem. all about.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think you'll be great. Yeah, yeah. He'll
0: just get right into us. That's amazing. I love it. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Before we well, end, can me. I ask you? Do you have yeah. any advice for anyone who's getting into running and wants to be really good at it?
1: Oh, um, I think. That, I think the standard thing is to say, oh, I enjoy it. Um, obviously, yes, that would be a thing. But I would say, I'd say you've got to work hard as well. Be prepared to work hard. I think a lot of people certainly in athlete to see them and they don't do the training and end up near the back of the field and, and then they might get disheartened by that and then leave the sport. Um, and i think everybody obviously everybody's someone's got to finish finishing ever back that's you know it goes without saying but i think if you go into the sport you'll get a lot more enjoyment out of it if you do work hard if you're prepared to put the graft in yeah and become competitive you're much more likely to enjoy it and stay in the sport longer so enjoyment as well as hard work Brilliant. you know be, be prepared for the fact that running is tough it hurts it hurts your legs it hurts your breathing but yeah. but when you nail it it's the best
0: sport to be in Fantastic. Well, listen, guys, a massive thank you to Lily for joining me today. Thank you so, so much. I'm I'm sure everyone listening has got something out of this. And, yeah, we'll definitely appreciate what you have said. This has been well, great. very great. i enjoyed it. Man, yeah. have learned a lot. I've learned a lot. I'm just sitting here just feeling wiser. So, yeah. <laughs> No one's ever said that. <laughs> 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 Amazing. Well listen guys, make sure you follow Ardent Run Club on Instagram and at This Is Ardent on all social media for updates on this podcast and us over here at Ardent and subscribe to Ardent Run Club so you can be the first to know when the new weekly episodes come out. Any last words before we end it, Lee? Um onwards and upwards. Amazing. Love it. Well listen guys, this has been Ardent Run Club episode fifty-three with Lee Morgan. I hope you've learned something, I hope you've been inspired and I hope you find your fire. See you next time.